Bronzeville is a community of resiliency and a community of turning lemons to lemonade. And even from the history dating back from the Great Migration, when over two million African Americans migrated from the South to the North, and when they were confronted with racism and redlining, instead of that becoming a negative situation, they turned it positive. So it's that innate ability to be resilient. Hello, everyone. This is Barbara Humpton, CEO of Siemens USA. And you just heard from Andre Gouchard speaking to us from his art gallery located in a South Side Chicago neighborhood called Bronzeville. Andre co-owns the art gallery with his wife, Frances, and our team met with the Gouchards during a recent visit there. That day, we learned not only about Bronzeville's inspiring history as a center for Black culture and commerce, but as of late, the community's leadership in modeling the infrastructure of the future, infrastructure that also happens to reflect Bronzeville's resilient nature, as Andre put it. In Bronzeville, ComEd, which provides electricity to more than 4 million people in Northern Illinois, is in the process of standing up the first utility-operated microgrid cluster in the nation as part of their Community of the Future initiative. And Siemens is proud to be providing the technology, the software platform, that will enable ComEd to control the microgrid and manage grid performance. This project represents one of the most exciting developments occurring in energy today, something we've touched on in previous episodes, and that is the transformation happening at the edge of the grid or the grid edge. Think about technology that enables a community to work more closely with the utility to optimize how they use electricity. When you have a microgrid and can manage it with a software platform, you've got the tools to speed up the transition to renewables. Critically, you're able to maintain power at all times, even when disruptions occur on the utility side due to a storm or emergency event. Okay, but here's the thing, and something I came away from my trip to Bronzeville feeling really excited about. So much of what we can do with this, the full range of possibilities, we really don't even know yet. We're learning more right now in what I'll call this living lab stage, as the system gets closer to being deployed. And I suspect we'll learn even more as the microgrid goes live. So I'm gonna to touch on this point later in the episode, but now I wanna share with you two conversations I had that day. These will help you understand this cluster concept and they'll help you understand how being able to manage it all with software opens up new possibilities for accelerating cleaner, more reliable electricity. We're gonna start with Gil Quinones, the CEO of ComEd, who I met with at the Bronzeville Renaissance Mural at 38th Street and Michigan. And hey, one more thing. We captured a lot of this experience on video as well. So make sure you check out our show notes for links to that and for more information about the project. Okay, here it is. This is so cool to actually be on site. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the history of this project. Well, this really started with the Department of Energy looking to test a controller, to develop and test a controller for microgrids. So it started with DOE and we found this beautiful neighborhood with the right configuration of the power grid to actually do it. And so we partnered with you at Siemens to develop this microgrid master controller under the direction and the urging uh, and funding of the Department of Energy. So it really started with that. What's important about it is that the community 
really took hold and embraced this innovation here because this community is a special community in terms of innovation itself and creativity itself. So that's kind of how it all started a few years ago. So you made the choice to focus on Bronzeville, but wow, how did you then begin to envision the community of the future? Well, the community of the future was something that Comed wanted to embark on because we really need to look forward on what this grid, what the role of the grid will be going forward in this energy transition as we battle the climate crisis. And so that was the impetus on thinking about developing this microgrid uh, cluster here. It's a cluster because it will be connected to a neighboring microgrid owned by the Illinois Institute of Technology. So making both microgrids work together seamlessly is not a simple task, but because of the creative minds at Siemens and the engineers at, at ComEd, we're able to make it work. Yeah, what we've been working on in the past is create a microgrid. You, people think of it even as an island. Yeah. And so what this project will do is actually allow one island to connect to another. Gil, you're driving a lot of change when it comes to these dynamics on the grid. If this cluster is successful, what does that enable? What really enables is something that I believe can be replicated in many communities across the United States and beyond. You know, this is not a very special grid that, that is going to be a, a one-off. So you already have the roadmap for being able to extend to other communities, but I think you also get a new backbone right here in Bronzeville. What are the kinds of capabilities you see being added on to this microgrid cluster? Well, now this, has, this is basically a platform now we can test all new distributed energy resources, solar, storage, EV, heat pumps, EV charging infrastructure, deep energy efficiency and demand response, distribution automation, and feeders of the future. So applications of communication, application of power electronics to really control the grid in a completely different way than how we've been doing it for the past hundred plus years. You got my attention with communications because one of the things I love to point out to people is with power and comms, you really can engage in the digital economic framework, the digital marketplace from anywhere, yeah. but you need power and you need comms. You've got a situation on your hands where you've got maybe the fastest comms possible here in Bronzeville, but maybe you have excess capacity. What are you doing with that? Absolutely, and, and I think this is one of the things that I've heard from you when you talk <laughs> across the nation in, in panels, that when you innovate on the grid, a lot of surprises can come from your uh, constituents or from the communities. And one of the surprising elements that we kind of discovered here is that we can actually lease the excess capacity of our fiber communication system that controls the microgrid so that it can be used by internet service providers and telecom providers to provide broadband in this neighborhood, especially neighborhood that are underserved when it comes to broadband. I know that there are other applications as well. You've talked a lot about the importance of community engagement. What kinds of ideas are coming up from the community? 
a lot of it is on the grid edge. So for example, they have a, a home for seniors here and they wanted them to be able to drive to the train station or to the pharmacy or the supermarket. And they ask us, do you have any last mile electric vehicle solutions for us? And we actually found solutions providers who were looking to provide that service of last mile intermittent electric vehicle service for the community here. They're looking at uh, smart kiosks. They're looking at air monitoring. Uh, they're looking at smart street lights and smart poles uh, that where we can embed sensors. They're also looking for us to help integrate what we're doing here in their high school. So in terms of STEM education, what we're doing here is now integrated in the high school curriculum uh, here in Bronzeville. And all of the partners that we use to help build this microgrid have hired uh, people who live in the neighborhood to actually implement the project. So I think it's a model of how utilities and how energy technology can be deployed across the United States. So a utility who has to take care of providing reliable electricity at scale, I mean, ComEd is huge, you're still able to focus in on a single community and then be a platform for innovation, enabling all kinds of organizations to do things that were never possible before. Absolutely, I mean, I think it's a, it's a privilege and honor for ComEd. Uh, we serve nine million uh, citizens of Illinois in Chicago and, 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 and the northern part of our state. And for us to be able to really be part of the community and to address the needs of the community, especially disadvantaged and underserved communities. We are triaging and prioritizing our investments to serve those communities because we want to make sure in this energy transition that there won't be energy haves and have nots, mm -hmm. that this uh, transition is going to be inclusive as we go forward. You know, Gil, communities all across the country are wrestling with what they do next. Microgrids have to play a role, especially as we think about the effects of climate change and the need for resilience. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, what's your advice for communities who are undertaking this journey? What could they learn from ComEd and the Bronzeville microgrid cluster? I actually have advice first to utilities. Mm. I believe utilities should really change the way it looks and design their future grid and get more input from frontline communities. Mm -hmm. Our experience here in Bronzeville showed us that frontline communities and members of our communities they have great ideas on what they need and how we should design the grid to meet their needs, not just for today, but going forward. So that will be my number one advice. Number two advice is, you know, in the utility industry, one of the good things is that we share best practices through national organizations like the Electric Power Research Institute or Edison Electric Institute. So the next step for us is to really share our experience here because we know that what we're doing here can apply to the Bronzevilles of many other states in this great United States of America.
Again, that was Gil Quinones, the CEO of ComEd. And there were a number of things Gil said that I want to react to and share some comments with you. But how about this? I'll do that at the end after I share with you the conversation I had later that day with Paul Pabst. Paul manages projects within ComEd's smart grid department. And I met up with Paul at ComEd's state-of-the-art tech lab. You'll hear Paul expand on Gil's comments about all the things that are now possible when you can manage microgrids with a software platform. So, Paul, first of all, tell us about the various components of the microgrid. So the microgrid is comprised of several different sources of generation. We've got 750 kilowatts of solar energy. We've got about five megawatts of natural gas generation. And we've got about 500 kilowatts of energy storage that helps support the microgrid. Um, those, are, those are our sources of power. And we have about 1,000 customers in this footprint in about one square mile of the uh, south side of Chicago. Tell me about the role of software in the microgrid. The mission of the microgrid is to drive our outage times down for our customers to improve our service. That, that's a huge thing for us. Um, bettering the community through the resiliency that I, that I just mentioned, as well as having renewable energy penetration. Because we believe in renewable energy as the future, we believe in that sustainability aspect, and we really want to be a driver of that. Um, so given that, you know, how do we get there? We need software, right? Software is that integrator that brings all of those grid assets, all of those end devices, all of those generation sources together and can coordinate them in an effort to actually meet those objectives. So, so software is critical to the success of the project. You mentioned renewables, and I'd love to know what are the challenges associated with bringing renewables into the grid? So, so, so renewables are, the challenge is it's not always sunny, right? It's not always windy. Uh, sometimes with, with microgrids especially, you might have too much solar, right? And not enough load. So, so how do we optimize all of that? Uh, that's one of the values of energy storage. So with solar in a microgrid, now we can leverage that software, couple the solar with storage, and now at times when we have a lot of solar and not a lot of load, we can leverage our battery to act like load and then redistribute that load at a later time when we might not have uh, the same conditions. Well, so fascinating because you describe the microgrid, but we know that Bronzeville is a living, breathing community already supported by ComEd. And so you've really got to be making this kind of transition even in the midst of operating a community. Yeah. How, specifically, how does the software help you with that challenge? Yeah. Great, great question. So, so it is a huge challenge of being able to seamlessly integrate a microgrid into a living, breathing, working community. One of our drivers of the project is to not impact the community in a negative way, right? We wanna impact in a positive way. So how do we reduce that risk? We are standing here in the Grid Integration and Technology Lab, um, which we have state-of-the-art technology that can take our software and test it to the fullest extent possible. So we're standing in a place right now where we can simulate load, we can simulate generation, we can simulate different grid scenarios, and then take that software and just try out every scenario. Uh, we partner with Siemens to do exactly that, where you know, we, we have a lot of sweat equity in this project. <laughs> Uh, and we're very happy to say that we're successful in testing out all those different scenarios so that when we're ready to bring it to the grid, we have a lot of confidence and belief in our solution that it's going to provide that positive impact that we're really aiming for. This idea of resilience, take us through what happens once the microgrid is running and there is an outage within the grid. Take us through the steps of what will happen then. We have a primary control system 
that, that is out on every feeder in combat territory. So when we have an initial situation, we have our primary defense mechanism, that's, that's our uh, reclosers and other, other assets. In the microgrid, if we have a substantial situation, that's when the microgrid takes over. So when we have a sustained outage, now we have this backup layer of control that can take over, and it can cover situations that would take much, much longer in a normal condition. So if we have an outage that may have lasted hours, we have the software that can reconfigure the system within a matter of minutes. So we're looking at a difference between hours and minutes of restoration time due to the value of the microgrid, due to the value of that software. Tell me about the communication infrastructure that goes along with the power infrastructure. Yeah. Because what you've done at ComEd is actually put in pretty advanced fiber optics, et cetera. How does the communication network play a role in the success of the overall solution? Communication is paramount. So we have our centralized controller, that, that, that microgrid management software, that's reaching out to each and every device on the microgrid. And, and we need to have reliable communications in order to know what's going on on this side of the microgrid, what's going on on this side, what's my generation doing. All of that's very, very important. Now, yes, we do have contingencies. We do have backups, even when they fail, but it's at the utmost importance to have reliable communications so we can ensure that our microgrid's gonna operate safely and reliably and securely so again, meeting our mission of bringing those lights back on when that real bad situation happens, and that helps make our customers more happy. Yeah, and right here in your lab, I have the opportunity to see that marrying of communications technologies as well as the simulators for various elements of the grid. It's, it's exciting to see it all here. Yeah. I would be very curious to hear your perspective on what's really exciting about this Bronzeville microgrid? I, I mean, microgrids have been around for a while, but here we talk about a microgrid cluster and the yeah. first owned by a utility. What is your perspective on what really sets this apart? What's so interesting about Bronzeville and the clustering is we have a ComEd-owned, utility-owned microgrid. We have a customer-owned IIT microgrid. They can connect to each other and they can cluster and they can share value. They can share generation capacity. So that's an incredible concept to be able to explore and have a reality, right? That's something that you know, people could dream about and we're making it a reality. So that, that's super exciting. We're in a decade of action to shape a more sustainable, resilient, equitable future. And as you listen to this episode, I hope you saw possibilities of scaling the microgrid model to more communities. The electric grid has been called the greatest machine ever built and the great enabler of our economy. Yet the flow has always been one way, the utility to the consumer. Now the future is distributed and it's connected as we use technology to harness new two-way power flows, not just say from a utility to a neighborhood, but also from the neighborhood back to the utility or even microgrid to microgrid as we see in Bronzeville. A question we're hearing coming up in communities is, we're generating plenty of renewable power, but how do we get this power to communities and to the end user? And how do we manage it? Well, here's the answer. This is why microgrids are a core component of a 21st century energy grid. Now, Gil mentioned how this project was supported by grant funding from the US Department of Energy. That funding helped spark this collaboration between ComEd and Siemens. Well, imagine the possibilities now under the bipartisan infrastructure law which invests in modernizing the electric grid and will provide support for more projects like this one. You know, government leaders will ask me, what should we be investing in? 
And the thing I keep encouraging is the idea of let's invest enough to get to scale so that the private sector has a platform for building like we do now in Bronzeville and can replicate in communities nationwide. This is when you see American ingenuity and the American private sector doing what it does best, finding new and different offerings and inventing the future. And as I said, there's still a lot to be discovered when it comes to this technology. Like with this software platform, being able to bring in EVs as an additional power source or using microgrids to expand broadband access. This is just the beginning. I'm gonna give Andre the last word here and I hope you'll visit our show notes. Talk to you soon. Having the grid speaks to a first-class community because it is a reminder of the progress that happens through collaboration. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or to the Siemens YouTube channel. And for show notes and more, go to Siemens.com optimist.